guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Let's give him a hand clap for the way maker, for the miracle worker. Woo. Yes and amen. Woo. Good morning, good morning. Oh, the music just went out, didn't it? Okay, no, it's okay. Oh. I don't know about you all. How are y'all doing this morning? Are we good? Come on, all four of you are good. We need to have a whole room full of people who are good this morning. Oh, we're good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good to be back here with you along with our allergies. Uh, as soon as we hit the Kentucky line, my eyes started watering and my nose started running. And then we went up to see baby Cade uh, um, for a few days. And as soon as I walked in the house, my eyes really started watering. And all of a sudden, this huge cat walks out. And I was like, I wonder why my allergies are so bad. And all of a sudden, this big gray cat walks out. And I, if y'all don't know, I'm allergic to cats. And it was actually a cute little cat, but I wanted to make it stay in its other room the whole time I was there. And bad thing about it is the bedroom we were staying in was the cat's room. As soon as I opened the door to put our stuff in there, I went, oh, my gosh, there's a cat's been in here. I don't even, anyway, let's go on. But we had a great time getting away, and for the first whole week, Pastor Mindy was sick. I mean, I'm not kidding. She was, like, really sick, sitting in the lawn chair, and I was like, come on, let's get, you know how exciting she is. She's jumping around all the time, and, and she just sat there like a bump on a log, and she said, are you bored? I was like, yeah, a little bit. I need you to get some life in you, girl. But what she did, though, she learned a very valuable lesson while we were there. We used every napkin in the car. Y'all don't know about our glove box of our car. We have 47 napkins from 17 different locations in the, in the glove box of our car. She used every one of those. And it took her a little time to try to figure out how to learn how to spit. Oh, y'all are supposed to be laughing. Man, we just know how to do it. I'm just going to show you. I'm not going to make you sick. And then we just spit it out, right? Well, she was over there. She was gagging and spitting, and, and I'm like, girl, you ain't even spitting right. <laughs> so every two minutes, she's opening the door and opening the windows, and she's spitting. And I thought she had it down to a science until one day we were sitting on the beach, and I walked around the, the side of my car. <laughs> there was something very disgusting all over the side of the car. Now, as we got further into the journey, listen, her spitting, she graduated to man spit. Uh-oh, look at her. She's already coming up here after me. Uh, no, what, what are you going to do? You're going to rebut me? You, you, you have the right to remain silent. <laughs> You're in trouble. <laughs> Can I just tell you, I'm married and I stay in trouble, right? Can I get an amen from you husbands out there? We stay in trouble all the time, but we had a great time uh, on vacation. We had to cut it short a few days, and uh, Trey did a fantastic job last week. What a word. Oh, my gosh. He watched our dogs. We came home to a clean house. I was like, OMG, I'm going to have to get this boy to come over to my house every single week. 
but he did a great job. We had to leave a few days early, you know, and because we knew the storm was coming, and it kind of inspired this message a little bit. I got a little bit of a late start on preparing this message because I was on vacation, then we had to travel 18 hours in a car. Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm still recovering. We went to bed last night at like 8.45. I'm still recovering from it. But what happened is, is we watched that storm start to develop, and we saw all the preparations that people were trying to make to make the storm easier on them. But can I tell you something? Storms are inevitable in the natural. And the weather will change. I can promise you, if you stick around, you live in Kentucky, the weather will change. If you don't like the weather one day, just stick around. It's going to be different tomorrow. And I can tell you, in Florida, there's a lot of times when we chase the sun. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, it's going to be cloudy here, but you can go 12 miles up the beach and the sun is out, right? So you chase the sun because you know the, we the weather is going to change. But in, the, in storms of life, listen, you can take preparations and you can take precautions, but they're still going to affect you in some way. The storms of life are inevitable, and there will be storms. And how you navigate through them can determine where you end up. How you navigate through the storm will tell you the destination and when you're going and how far and how long it's going to take you to get there. The title of my message this morning is, I'll just spit, I need some napkins. We have plenty in our glove box now. The title of my message is say is storms in the boat or out or not. I got that wrong. But listen, let me just tell you a story. The disciples were on a spiritual high. You know why? Because they had just witnessed this. They just witnessed crowds coming to Jesus by the droves. I mean, there was people flocking to him. They had seen Jesus, Jesus heal people. He was doing miracles all around them. And one of the greatest miracles that he had just done is he fed over 10,000 people with two fish and five loaves. You talk about a buffet after that, they had 12 baskets leftovers. Can I get an amen on some leftovers? Anybody like any leftovers? Anybody like any Tupperware that's been in the refrigerator for three or four or five or six days? It's okay until it turns a little bit moldy. You're, you're fine until then. But they had the leftovers. And needless to say, they were not expecting what was happening next. Unlike hurricanes, most of the storms that you go through in life, you don't see coming. Matthew 14, it starts out like this. It says, immediately after this, after he had done all the miracles, after he had healed people, after he had fed over 10,000 people, it said, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross over, somebody say cross over, to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending him home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Can I just tell you something? Living for God, if you found out, if you're a new Christian or if you've been a Christian for years and years and years, living for God doesn't mean that there won't be storms and there won't be bad weather in your life. Can I get an amen? We all experience weather at some point in our life. And I'm not talking about the natural weather. I'm talking about trials. I'm talking about temptations. I'm talking about sin. I'm talking about everything else that we, that we go against. We all experience that. The Bible says this. He makes the sun rise on the evil 
And on the good, he sends rain on the just and the unjust. It doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to go through the storm. It doesn't matter how many things you think you can do, you're going to go through the storm. So this morning, I'm going to, if you're in the storm, she took my altar call away, but that's awesome. No, that was great. The Bible says this, storms are going to hit us all. Life happens, circumstances happen, situations happen, tragedies will happen in our lives. And just like the big bad wolf, let me tell you about my Bubba. We got to spend three days, two days up there with our grandson. And, and from a very little baby, I've been calling him the big bad wolf. And every time we, we do FaceTime, I'll say, how's my big bad wolf doing? And, and how you doing? He just smiles. And, and today, we, I, the other day, we were chasing around. And I was like, I'm going to get you, big bad wolf. And he was just smiling, having a good time. But can I tell you something? That's a cute little story. But the devil is real. And the devil wants to huff, and he wants to puff, and he wants to blow your house in. He, he's out. He's your adversary. He is a real person out there. But we have, a lot of times we don't talk about the enemy. We don't talk about the devil. We don't talk about hell. We don't talk about all of those things because we're afraid to. But things are happening right now. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some spiritual warfare. Y'all ready? Uh, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and the war that we're really in and how we can equip ourselves to fight the battle. Can I just tell you there's a storm coming? And I'm not talking about a hurricane. I'm not talking about a tornado. I'm talking about a spiritual storm that is coming to America and to this world right now. And if we don't learn how to anchor ourselves in the place where we need to be anchored into, we're going to be all over the place, y'all. Things are happening in the natural. We've got to be ready for it. So here's the disciples. They're right in the middle of a storm. Verse 25. About 3 o'clock in the morning... Jesus came to them. That's my wife gets out of bed, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they said, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. Somebody needs to know, take courage because I am here. He's the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. He's here. Take courage. Then Peter called to him. Lord, if it's really you, he couldn't really quite see who was out there, but he said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus. I walked on the water once myself. Y'all don't believe me? Well, I'm about to tell you, make you believe me. We were out in the ocean, me and a friend of mine, we were about this deep. And we were standing there and um, just having a good time. Years ago, we were having a very good time, if y'all know what I'm talking about. Probably a three sheets or 12 to the wind. Anyway, we're looking at, we're just chilling, having a good time. And all of a sudden, I mean, I hear a noise like a siren or then I hear people up on the thing. And you know what? When you're having a good time at the beach, you're just like, everybody's having a good time. Yeah, what's up, y'all? And I'm waving at them. I'm like, yeah, rock on. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I was like, yeah, this is great. That's the devil's antlers. I'm not that one. Whichever one I'm not supposed to do. So we're all just waving. And then all of a sudden, I look over. And about where that end of the stage is, there's a shark fin coming right. It was Jaws. I promise you, it was Jaws. You never saw 
two guys get up out of water and walk out of there as fast as we did. That shark probably was only about this big, but he sure did look like Jaws. So we walked on water out of there. But Jesus told Peter, he said, get out of the boat and come. And even though it didn't make any sense to Peter, Peter took one step out of the boat into the water. Listen, that's what obedience looks like. Faith, faith is taking one step. We're always looking for the next step or, the, or many steps ahead. But God says you haven't even taken the first step yet. So many times it's the first step that gets you out of the boat and into the water, into the destiny that God has called you to be. Sometimes that keeps us from taking our first step. Peter was doing great. He was taking many steps towards Jesus, but he got into trouble, listen, when he lost sight of his next step. Listen, God is always calling us to his next step, and there always are going to be crossover seasons in your life. So many times they didn't know what they were getting into when he got into the boat. They had to cross over in the trial. They had to cross over in the storm. They had to cross over to the place where God wanted them to be. Sometimes you just got to go a little further and something could be waiting for you on the other side of your storm. If you go a little further, if you take another step, God could have something waiting for you that you never thought possible. Verse 30. And when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. He says, save me, Lord. He shouted. The problem was he stopped looking at Jesus. The enemy wants, you, wants to use distractions to cause us to lose our focus. And when you put your focus on the natural, it can be very discouraging. Can I get an amen? If you watch the news, you can get very discouraged. I was watching that uh, a young man talking about he lost his business. They lost their home. But he said, thank God, the God up above, that, he, that all of my family is safe and nobody has passed away. Sometimes we have to understand, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. And when we put our focus on the natural, it is very discouraging. Listen to me. Don't let the winds distract you. Don't let fear sink you. Don't let doubt drown you. Peter walked, when Peter had his eyes on Jesus, he walked on the water. It's why we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, because he is the author and the finisher He's a finisher of our faith. We have to become like Peter when Jesus called him out of the boat. He had big faith. If Jesus called him to do it, he knew he could do it because he's the author and the finisher of his faith. Jesus, Peter knew that if he just kept his eyes on Jesus, he could defy science and walk on water. Although the storm surrounded him, Peter looked to Jesus. Can I tell you this, much, uh, this morning, if you're going through a storm, look to Jesus. If you're surrounded by circumstances and situations that you don't understand, look to Jesus. The winds and the waves may be crashing in, but I got news for you today. If you keep looking to Jesus, you will not falter or you won't sink. But the second... Peter took his eyes off Jesus. The conditions around him became his focus. All of a sudden, it wasn't Jesus he was looking at. It was doubt that consumed him. It was fear that gripped him. And he started to sink because he took his eyes off of the way maker. Jesus will come to you in your storm if you will keep your eyes on him. 
Look at verse 31. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? I mean, I just heal people. I just fed 17,000 people with two fish and five loaves. I almost did that wrong. Two fish and five loaves. I'm from the eastern Kentucky. We don't count past 10. I just did all of those things, and you're doubting me. But here is what happened. Jesus caught Peter when Peter was close to him. You know what that shows me? Peter had to take a few steps out of that boat. Oh, y'all don't think about it. He didn't just hop out of the boat and start sinking. Jesus was off in the distance. He had to take a few steps towards Jesus. So many times we, we, we quit on the boat, right? We quit over the side of the boat, and we look at the water here. At least Peter took a few steps, and he kept walking. Remember, the next time you're going through a storm, stay close to Jesus, because Jesus couldn't reach out and grab him if he was 100 yards away. He had to have taken a few steps toward him. Listen, you may be tossed. You may, I'm talking to somebody in here this morning. You may be barely floating, and you may be about to go underwater, but Psalms 34, 18 says this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are all come on. Rescues those whose spirit are crushed this morning. If your spirit's crushed, the way maker, the rescuer is on the way. The righteous face many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. There is nothing that can stop Jesus from getting to you. He is ready to reach out his hand at any moment in time. All you got to do is call him up, call him up. Get, oh, I ain't getting all Pentecostal here. Oh, I could sing you some Pentecostal old songs. I tell you, call him up. But he's there for you. All you got to do is speak to him. Come on Wednesday night at corporate prayer where we're going to all get together and we're going to pray. God is going to change some things because that's what changes things. He was ready to reach out his hand and walk with him. And Jesus spoke to Peter's little faith. And we focus on Peter's little faith, but a little bit of faith is better than no faith at all. The guys in the boat stayed in the boat. Right? Apparently, they didn't have any faith. So we want to give Peter a hard way to go because he did. Oh, he sunk. They were still sitting in the boat. And they were probably going, Peter. What are you doing? Dude, you're crazy. Don't you see the winds and the waves? And don't you see everything that's going on? I'm staying in this perfectly good boat because I ain't going out there. It's like people said something about going skydiving. Why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Some of y'all might be skydivers in here. I don't think I, she would go and I'd be like, ah, hold on. But they were saying, you really don't know what's out there, Peter. Where are you going? Can I just tell you something? Be careful who you get in the boat with. If you focus on the people around you, you can go one of two ways. You can go forward or you can go backwards. So many times we put people in our boat and all of it, they're rowing the other way. You're like, I'm going this direction. No, I think I'm going to go back that direction. Be careful who you get in the boat with. Because our focus, listen, I stole this one. Our focus is where our faith is. What you focus on is where you will finish. Come on, our focus is where our faith is. You runners out there, you, don't, you focus on the finish line, right? Right? 
Me, I'm going about 100 yards, and I'm saying, peace. But Jason and them, they're running like three or four miles a day, and, 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 and many of you all run like that, but a lot of times you have to think about the finish line, and our focus is where our faith is. Focus finishes where faith starts. Jesus wasn't calling Peter to the water. Listen to me. He was calling him to a new level of faith. He was telling him to get out of the boat and into the water. Even when our faith falters, Jesus is always there. Even though Peter's faith faltered, he still got out of the boat. I think that's why later on Jesus could say, upon this rock, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. You know, the guy that got out of the boat. He even said it after Peter had denied him because he knew the faith that Peter had. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is the same guy that got out of the boat and the same guy that sank and denied Jesus. But God, Jesus saw something different in him. Look at verse 32. And when they climbed back into the boat, that's Jesus and Peter, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Can't really, can't really explain you feeding 17,000 people. Can't really explain how you made the deaf uh, hear and the eyes of the blind open. But you really are God now. Can I just tell you this much? You can be ruined or you can be refined by your storms. It's your choice how you navigate through them. Storms and rough times can be good. Because some of the greatest, oh, listen to me. Some of the greatest lessons you can learn can be learned in the storms. There's only a couple, there's a couple different types of storms. There's the storm of correction. Ouch. That's the one, Pastor Johnny, we don't like the correction storm, do we? And God puts us in that place to, because we've been going in the other direction and we've been trying to fight our own battles and we've been not trusting him. He puts us in that storm of correction to turn us around. There's also a storm of perfection. And this is where God is putting you through the storm to bring you out for a better purpose. Listen, 95% of the storms, 100% of the storms I've ever been through, I probably put on myself. But God can take you through the storm, even if you did it to yourself, even if it was put on you by someone else. He can take you through that storm and perfect you on the other side of that. Storms can do a couple of things. They can make you run or they can make you draw back to God. You can try to fix them or you can understand that it makes us to depend on the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. It can take us back and remind us of how good it is or we can stay stuck, as Pastor Minnie said. Jesus had a plan from the moment he told the disciples to cross over the lake. And you know what that plan required? It required wind and it required waves. But it's funny, why did the wind cease as soon as Jesus got back into the boat? I think it's because they were no longer needed. They had served their purpose already. The storm that they feared and that they thought would destroy them, Jesus was actually using this as the next step, preparing them for where they were going into the future. None of them really, really understood the magnitude of God's plan to use them and change the world. You know, these same people that are in this boat who turned, are who turned the world upside down in the book of Acts. God can use anyone in the storm. But they had to cross over. They had to face their storm. 
They had to work through the wind. Come on. Sometimes you got to work through the wind to get to get to the other side of your destiny and where God wants you to be. Sometimes you got to go through the waves and the, and the storms to get where God is really calling you to be. There is no growth. I stole this one too. I don't get, I'll pray for myself later. There is no growth in the comfort zone, which is the boat. But there's no comfort in the growth zone. I love my wife. I'm talking great about her now. She has faith double time for me sometimes. She'll say, we can do it. We can do this. The little engine that could, we could do this. We can do it. And I'm like, well, why don't we stand on the shore here and just look for a little while and maybe we can figure it out. And she's, no, no, no. We got to get out here and swim with the dolphins. And I'm like, I ain't going out past my waist. But sometimes God has something better and bigger for you out in the deep water. And there is no comfort in the growth zone. When God is trying to grow you, man, you are going to be the most uncomfortable that you'll ever be in that zone. Just because it's difficult, it doesn't mean that it's not from God. So that when the winds and the storms die down, here's some good questions to ask. Lord, what is my next step? So many times we quit asking God, what's our next step? We get comfortable in the step that we're in. And we don't ask him about what our next step is. And he says, what are you preparing? You might ask yourself, what are you preparing me for? Because I'm going through something. Listen, you're going through something for somebody else sometimes. You're going through, your testimony is going to be what changes people's lives. So sometimes you got to go through something and you don't understand it until a year later when you're having a face-to-face conversation with someone and you're changing their life because you went through the storm and not went through the storm. You came out on the other side better. I'm speaking to someone who's in the storm. You're going to come out the other side better. And you can ask yourself, how can I even grow from this experience? Listen, you can either choose to worry or you can choose to worship. The disciple, I'm going to say that again. You can either worry or you can worship. The disciples decided after Jesus got in the boat, what were we even worried about? And they began to worship him as being the son of God. With Jesus, what you feared, you can walk on. What you fear, you can walk on. Faith and obedience will put the storms under your feet. In the good times and in the rough times, in the stormy weather, we got to understand that we have Jesus. Worship team, you can come. I think I missed my cue. In the good times, listen, in the rough times, bad times, stormy weather, we have Jesus. Hebrews 6, 19 says this. This hope... Can I just tell you, leave that up for just for a minute. We live in a hopeless world. The reason that people are losing faith is because they're losing their hope in what they believe in. They're losing their hope in in their jobs. They're losing their hope in, in the circumstances and the situations around them. And they're not finding it in Jesus. But Hebrew says this, this hope we have as an anchor for our soul. Listen, sometimes we need an anchor. 
Sometimes we got to get out there in the middle of it, and we got to stick. We got to stick our anchor down. Sometimes you got to put your feet down, and you have to just pursue after God. You got to put your anchor down and say, "I'm going to go through this storm with you, Jesus, because you are now in the boat." He says, "Both sure and steadfast." Today, you might feel like you're going through a storm. Let's all stand, if we would, please. And we've kind of already talked about this, but maybe, just maybe, you're going through a storm and you feel like there's no hope. Maybe you're going through that and you say, man, nobody knows I'm going through this storm and I kind of keep it to myself. And, and listen, I'm not telling you, you got to tell everybody on Facebook your storm. Don't do that. But sometimes you just need to agree with someone. Hey, I need to go through this storm and I need you to help me through this. You got to first agree with Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm stepping out of the boat of my storm and I'm walking towards you because you are the author and you are the finisher of my faith. Sometimes we have to take that step out, even though it looks scary, even though the, the everything is coming against us. Maybe you feel like some things are dead in your life or even dying. Just like Lazarus, Trey talked about last week. Jesus can bring those things back to life. He said he stayed a couple days longer, but Jesus knew the outcome. He knew what was going to happen. We don't. So we need to trust God and get out of the boat and say, God, bring those things that are dying back to life. With Jesus, he's right on time. He's never too late. And here's what he's doing. He's calling us to him. This morning, he's calling us to get out of the boat. So I'm going to ask you, we already did this once, but if you want to do this again, I'm going to ask you to take a step this morning, a step towards meeting Jesus right where you are. Maybe you've never met Jesus. Maybe you've never had that experience in salvation. Jesus is one step away. Sometimes the easiest step to do is just to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I've messed up and I need you. Come into my life. Make me new. Let, make me trust you more and more. That is the first step that you take towards God. And the, the uh, prayer team is going to be up on the left and the right up here. But sometimes what you have to do is you have to step out and have an opportunity to meet Jesus. If you're going through a storm this morning as an act of faith, I'm not even asking you to do it for you. I'm asking you to do it for the person sitting next to you. So many times when you start stepping out, someone else will step out. What would have happened if all of the disciples had went out of the boat? Well, there's no telling what kind of revival could have happened. So as they get ready to sing this song, take a step out. Meet us around these altars and let's go through these storms together. Because you know what? You might be having a bad week. Somebody's having a good week. You might be having a good week and somebody needs to hear about your good week because the storms of life are tearing them to pieces right now. Maybe you're coming out of a storm and you can help someone who's about to enter one. So this morning as the altar's open, nothing else, they're getting ready to sing nothing else. Nothing else but his presence changes anything. Caught up in his presence I think so many times we get caught up in the news. We get caught up in the world. We get caught up in everything. I don't even watch the news anymore because I get depressed. 
But we get caught up in all the circumstances and situations of life that we lose focus on. There's nothing else, nothing else but his presence. So this morning, the Prince of Peace is here to give you peace in your storm. He's here to navigate through all of the, the waves and the winds and the tides and the flooding that's going on. He's here to navigate through that. His presence changes everything. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon. Thank you.